everyone, and Happy New Year. This is episode 169 of Milwaukee's Tailgate Brewers podcast, part of the MKE Tailgate Podcast Network. I'm James Langer, joined this week by the whole gang, Ryan Top, Paul Noonan, and Brad Ford here. How are your holidays, guys? Good. We had a good time. We uh, did a, a full lockdown and were able to have my in-laws, who are very at risk, and uh, we were able to see them and actually hang out with them for the first time all year, which was really hard on both my wife and them to not be able to, to spend time together. So it was great. We had a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. We were low key. We didn't travel. We didn't do anything too extravagant. So just to stay at home, watch the kids open presents. So all good. All good stuff. Yeah. Yep. I went to family or exposed to them because I helped my sister babysit her kids. So just went over there, did a small thing what semblance of a Christmas tradition weekend. And it was also my niece's first birthday party. Oh, and nice. watching a kid, a one-year-old, be forced to open like 45 presents is more exhausting than you'd think it will. <laughs> 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 they don't really know what's going on yet. They're bored with it. And yeah. The, the parents refuse to not try to get them to open at least one present because all they want is the funny video of a one-year-old ripping paper. But it never happens. <laughs> So, it, I mean, it was like a ton of Christmas presents and a ton of birthday presents. And my sister had admirably, I think, is dedicated to making sure she has a Christmas and a birthday uh, environment. Mm. So very separated down the line. Uh, she was born at 3.04 p.m. So at 3.04 p.m. it transitions to birthday time. Uh, <laughs> wow. It, it, uh, I, I appreciate it because like I can understand not wanting your child's birthday to get lost in or and wanting them to feel special still. But it normally I stay at my parents' house till like 9 p.m. This time I like at five. I'm like, I'm done. I can't watch people open presents anymore. <laughs> I'm over. Nice. Yeah. Well, we hope uh, everybody listening had a, had a good couple of weeks here. We're back after a week off. So it, it's good to get back together and, and catch up. Not a lot happening with the Brewers, unfortunately, but we'll get to that in a minute. First, uh, we are sponsored by Carbon 4 Brewing. You know, the flagship Fantasy Factory IPA. Uh, you can try that and all of their other beers over at their brewery on the east side of Madison. You can also get some cool merch online at Carbon4.com. Use our promo code MKETailgate to get 20% off your order when you check out. That's Carbon4 Beer Brilliance. You can also help support our podcast network at Patreon.com slash MKETailgate. For just 5 bucks a month, our Ball and Glove and Above patrons get the monthly Minor League Extra podcast. They also get polls reporting as eligible mini-pods previewing the Packers game every single week. And we've got a... a big Packers game coming up this week that we're all kind of excited for, right, Paul? Yeah, yeah. They need to beat the Bears probably to get the one seed. They have some options if they don't, if the 49ers beat Seattle. But really, um, they're both the Bears and Packers are playing for a ton, and it's a very different game from last time. The Bears have a key mix. It didn't last time. Eddie Jackson's back. Wasn't there last time. No David Bakhtiari, which is bad for a key mix being back. But uh, the Packers are still going to win because the Bears are missing Jalen Johnson, and uh, they're not going to be able to stop Green Bay. So should be okay. I think. Oh, even with their star quarterback, they're going to win. Mitch is <laughs> so Mitch has been beefing up on a bunch of garbage teams over the last five weeks or so. At four, Pat, one of those is the Packers, but he has actually changed his style of play over that time period um, and is taking far far more deep shots. Um, his interceptions have remained level, uh, but he's been more efficient with the passes he's going. So, yeah, some of that is definitely bad teams, but he is is worth worrying about a little bit. He's played much more like he did his rookie year when you know he wasn't great, but. He was good enough to get them into the playoffs and win the division. So it'll be and a little tiny, teeny bit scared of Mitch. Not a lot. Lost a 24 point lead. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. 
yeah, we were, we were trying to go through the tiebreakers before the show, and all of our heads hurt. So the the simple answer is just please beat the Bears, and that's beat the it. Bears. So, yep. Yeah. You only need to know two things for the Packers: it's beat the Bears in your number one seed, and if you lose, you need the 49ers to beat Seattle. That's all there is to it. And by the time you listen to this, you'll know what happened. Yep, so you sure will. <laughs> With that in mind, we'll move on and stop you'll, wasting you'll know time. If on I was it. wrong or not. <laughs> Oh, we should also note before we move on that uh, there is a new episode of the Minor League Extra. You did get an excerpt of it last week in lieu of our regular podcast. But uh, if you want to hear the whole thing, which includes like an hour and a half plus discussion between uh, Brad, JP, and I of who the top 10 farmhands in the uh, brewery system are, then I would highly recommend uh, listening to that. And a little teaser for it. Uh, JP actually, I think, talked me out of putting Bryce Thorang in the top two in lieu of another prospect. So Hedbert. Wow. No, not Hedbert. Uh, <laughs> you got to listen to find out. I'm not spoiling it here. That's what we call a tease in the biz guys. All right. Yeah. So definitely uh, five bucks a month. You get, you get Paul's reporting as eligible podcast. You also get that minor league extra podcast. So you can find out who the top 10 brewers prospects are heading into this year. I feel like we're going to talk a lot about, the prospects because the major league team hasn't done really <laughs> squat at this point maybe kind of predictably you know we all kind of felt it would be a slow long off season and i guess i didn't quite anticipate it being this slow uh you know the brewers to this point have only signed a handful of minor league free agents we talked about those in previous weeks whoa uh, maley yeah yeah and luke maley <laughs> don't luke forget Mayley. that that eighth catcher on the 40-man roster is, is very important so I said they're playing chess, but the weirdest form of chess where the goal is to get all your pawns over to the other side and convert them to bishops on white squares only. Is that a thing or is that like a checkers no, thing? No, that's not a, like okay. a real strategy, but it's, yeah. if you did it, it'd be real weird. It'd be weird. Yeah. I, I refuse to watch the Queen's Gambit, so I don't know chess references. So No, this is much more like if you're a, a, a fan of the TV show MASH, Cranko uh, from MASH. Okay. It's much more like that. Nice. All right. Well, the Brewers aren't doing anything, but the Cubs are at least actively getting worse. So that's nice. Uh, since we talked last, they traded you Darvish to San Diego uh, for a familiar face, uh, Zach Davies, and then a bunch of uh, teenagers that we won't hear from for five years from now. So the Cubs fans are a little upset right now, I think, understandably, because it basically kind of symbolizes the end of that contention window for them, right? So I guess the the first question here is if the Cubs are going full fire sale, Ryan, what does this do to the balance of power in the NL Central? Well, I mean, according to Mike Petriello's uh, lookup of this, and I tweeted this out this week, <laughs> uh, if you look at the Fangraphs war, the Brewers lead the division in the Fangraphs war projection right now. All right. Yeah, they're uh, just under unbelievable. Th- they're just under 30, followed immediately. The next two teams are St. Louis and Chicago. But I mean, if you look at that, I think Milwaukee counting down here, they're like 16th or so. They're they're basically right in the middle of the pack throughout the entire throughout the entire league. So really, there's nobody good in the division. So it's really still <laughs> up for grabs. The way it stands right now, it, it really is just up for grabs. And I when I tweeted that out, I mentioned that uh, I don't know if you can say this is a good thing or a bad thing, because on one hand, it means that the Brewers are probably contenders without having to do anything. On the other hand, it means they probably don't have to do anything to be contenders. So, <laughs> like, it's it's sort of a question of how you uh, how you view those things, because it certainly doesn't seem like the Cubs or Cardinals especially are going to spend much. And the Reds are in full sell off mode. So. Mm-hmm. 
And the Pirates are the Pirates. I know it's gotten plenty of attention, but everybody should be mad at the Cubs. Like, really, really, really mad at the Cubs. It's so, I would be, if I was a Cubs fan, I'd be irate right now. Like, there's no reason they shouldn't be the Yankees or the Dodgers. Absolutely not. They should have have signed Manny Machado or Bryce Harper or both two years ago. They should have actively, like, and now they're just selling off you Darvish for spare part. Who was legitimately great last year, too. He was. They should be taking this opportunity to dominate this division and, like, rack up multiple titles or at least to get in, you know, get in the, the final game a couple times with the Dodgers. And, and instead, the, they can't be – they're playing like the Brewers. Like, what's – the Brewers at least have this excuse of, oh, tiny markets, whatever, you know, how to be smart, build a money ball crap. The, the Cubs are giant, huge market that develop their stadium district and nonsense like that and have super rich owners. And compl- I would be so mad if I was a Cubs fan. I'm a little bit mad on their behalf. Uh, not that I feel bad for the Cubs, but, like, it's it's just so off the charts crazy that they're not spending any money and selling off. Can you imagine the Yankees doing anything like this? I know no. that they've they've run up against the the salary top or the salary cap, the whatever the the luxury tax a couple times, and the Yankees have not spent a ton, but like they've always been at that. You know, they've always had a huge giant pair. This this is ridiculous. I can't believe. Thank you, Cubs. Appreciate it. Yeah, especially when you're looking at how bad this division is. Even losing Kyle Schwarber, but having you Darvish in the rotation sets you up very well instead you just tuck a Cy Young contender out the door yep, and right. you're looking to trade more I mean yeah. uh, Bob Nightingale warning here but they're apparently looking to trade Contreras yeah we know they're looking to trade yeah. Bryant yeah the only guy they seem willing to keep is Rizzo and even that seems like so so they're like hey he's got a couple option years yeah <laughs> we'll write that out get some jersey sales and then be done and then you just have to pay Jason Hayward that monstrous contract and you're, you're done really owing anyone money. And I can't even imagine unless the Brewers doing this, unless the Brewers were bad, like the Brewers, when they've signed contracts, they generally don't trade the player until their last year. And only if the Brewers are bad. Yeah. <laughs> so right. Trade yeah. Him in the third year of a five-year deal with three years remaining. And the biggest return is a pitcher who played pretty well last year, albeit but also has one year control like <laughs> after being pretty good like it's so it's such a weird thing it's so bizarre i don't know i don't even know how to react to it it's it's just it is typ- typical of i guess modern baseball that the saving money is over everything else and if you have especially super cheap owners which apparently the rickets are much more interested in real estate development than they are baseball that this thing kind of thing can happen well, you know, when you have to pay for David Perdue and Kelly Loeffler's Senate runs. Then, yeah, yeah, you, you know. got to fork over a bunch of money for to make sure that Mitch McConnell keeps control of the Senate. And, you know, sometimes that's worth more than winning World Series titles, right? It seemed like they were happy to win that World Series title and be like, hey, we did something. Has won it. We got one, right? Right? Yeah. Now yep. we have the excuse not to try for two decades. Can you imagine what? would have happened how the reaction to this would be if they didn't win that like oh, if, yeah. if that world series just ended with chapman blowing the world series rajai davis and that that was it you know and then that's the closest the cubs came in 108 years to winning the world series and then they still tore it down because you know like regardless of that world series title they'd still end up tearing it down right so it well i don't know thing was like you darvish was like the uh we still gotta like fudge that we're like putting in effort right yeah like, just signing for cheaper than we think he's worth because of the tommy john surgery so we gotta like fake it 
I don't want to jump ahead to questions, but they're the most evil owners, right? No, nobody's worse than the Ricketts. <laughs> Like I, I, they're they're much worse than everybody else, aren't they? Now that the Wilpons are gone, yeah, because the Wilpons are out. Yeah, I mean, some of the others I think are more low key. The Ricketts have been very public about some of the nasty business they've been engaged in. You know, because they the Comcast thing. For those of you who've had Comcast in the past, I I've not because I haven't lived in the areas of Comcast, but I've heard horror stories. So like they're they're pretty bad. What about Moreno? I mean, he's a bad owner, but not like evil. Spends money, right? He's a dumb owner. Money, right? They paid Trout. They paid Rendon. Yeah. They paid Pujols. It's different to be a dumb owner than be an evil owner. And I think Artie Moreno is a dumb owner, which is, you know, it's not ideal, but it's better than being actively evil, um, which the Ricketts are. Taking a, another look at it, this, what this does for the division, right? Ryan, you kind of mentioned it. Like, on the one hand, <laughs> the Brewers don't have to do much to be competitive. But I guess, Paul, on the other hand, that's also a bad thing, right? Like, do you see them having any motivation now to sign so, anybody? Just to make this express, if you're in favor of businesses being not competing with each other to keep salaries low, then this is a good thing. However, if you're in favor of American capitalism and how it's supposed to work, yeah, this is bad. And it's it's not good for the division. It's not good. Like, sure, the Brewers might be able to eke out a division with a kind of garbage team if they don't do anything. But the, the lack of motivation here for everything, for everybody, is bad. And it's going to lead to a less entertaining brand of baseball, too. I mean, ultimately, we watch the team because we want to be entertained by what's going on on the field and see great players do great things. When they don't have motivation to go out there and add people and make the team better, let's be honest: the Brewers were not very entertaining in the short season last year. Their yes, their pitching was dynamite, but their offense was almost unwatchable. And bringing that back for 162 games does not fill me with desire to tune in every night. So it's bad from an entertainment perspective. It's nice that that maybe they can eke out a cheap title, yay, woo! But yeah, it's not good. It's not good for baseball overall either. On a more macro scale. You want people to play, you know, you want good athletes to actually play the game and make money doing it. And some some are choosing other sports that are good athletes because you can do that now. Like other things are available. You can play basketball, you can play soccer. You can make a lot of money playing soccer. It's easy to travel overseas now and do that. Um, and, you know, Kyler Murray picked football. And, you know, normally you would say, don't play the sport that uh, bashes your brain in and destroys you. However, he clearly chose correctly. So you don't want to be losing that battle as clearly as they clearly are. Kyler Murray, when he has the decision to make, the big thing is when the MLB took away the power to sign draftees to major league contracts, which mm-hmm. used to be a thing, you took away that really, you really took the decision making out of Kyler Murray's hands. It was almost too yeah. easy because of the bonus limit. I mean, you could only pay him $10 million versus he comes into the NFL and signs a four year deal worth tens of millions of dollars versus $10 million. Yep. And he doesn't have to wait three or four years to get into Major League Baseball. He doesn't have to play three years under a rookie contract that is only worth uh, uh, only relative to sports contracts. Yeah. Kyler's contract was four years, 35 mil guaranteed to yeah. play football. So think about in those three years, he has the 10 million, but then he's making like 20,000 a year in the three years in the minor leagues, assuming he progresses and actually makes it. Then he has three years of making 600000 
Then he goes under arbitration. So first year, two to four million next year. I mean, you're maxing out if you're an MVP player, 15 to 20 million at the end of that arbitration, but you only make it in one year. So it would have taken him nine years to make a fraction of his first NFL contract. Yeah, it, it's it's not good when you look at it from that perspective. And, you know, that's quarterback money. Not every not everybody. Although if you're a baseball player, you're going to if you can play football, you're usually going to be a quarterback or something kind of like it. But uh, it, it's weird to see baseball salaries becoming less competitive with other sports. You used to always be that I'll teach a kid to pitch left handed. You'll make millions forever. Blah blah. blah. Right. Like, yeah. Now it's you know it's you're riding on a bus for a while and you're not making huge money up front and it's it's a much less luxurious deal than it used to be, frankly. Right. And the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in baseball was always you know free agency, which came late to the NFL and came you know later to the NBA. So that pot of gold is not there the same way that it used to be in baseball. The only thing it has is fully guaranteed contracts. That's yep. the only thing it has. But even yep. that, if you're not a free agent before the age of 30, even if you're a superstar, you're not giving those seven-year deals anymore. Yeah, that's also, not to be too NFL-y, but that's overstated. Uh, the NFL gets a lot of heat for not having guaranteed contracts, quote-unquote, but you can negotiate whatever contract you want in the NFL. This is just a matter of negotiating a contract that's guaranteed. And, and part of every contract is guaranteed. That's the real contract. Like there's this other half of the contract that's, you know, the game salary. But the real salary in the NFL is actually guaranteed. It really, really, truly is. Kyler Murray has $35 million guaranteed. That's what he negotiated up front as a rookie with no history at all. So it's not like that doesn't exist. You can do it if you're a good enough player. And you know, almost every player that's worth anything gets some level of guaranteed money. You know, if you're a bad offensive lineman, it might be $2 million, but it's still there. Um, it, it's kind of not quite correct to say that NFL does not have guaranteed contracts because it half dozen, half dozen. After watching NBA's offseason, if you're tall enough, just play basketball. Just play basketball. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I personally think uh, Mitch Trubisky should negotiate a fully guaranteed five-year extension with the we Bears. All, we all agree yeah. with that. That would yeah. be a fantastic idea. All right. Uh, strong, Mitch. A one-year deal and say he's fixed, then he's going to be garbage again until the end of the season. Then they'll do a three-year deal. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right. I guess uh, back to the baseball and the, the lack of moves this offseason, it kind of feels like the Padres are the only team really interested in doing anything or getting better. You know, I, I know the Braves made a couple of signings early on, but eh. I mean, you see the, the Tampa Bay Rays actively like doing the Tampa Bay Rays thing too. I guess, you know, it, it's led to some speculation that maybe front offices are acting like they have a lot more time than they normally would to put their teams together. You know, normally we're in January now. Pitchers and catchers tend to report next month. You like to have some semblance of uh, what your team's going to be, but, you know, a lot of teams are sitting on their hands and that that's kind of leading to uh, maybe not the theory of collusion, so to speak, but maybe like the front offices are operating on the assumption that maybe the season won't start on time. I know there's been a couple of things coming out in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, Players Association, of course, wants to play all 162 games, have their full salaries, that deal again. But uh, we might be headed for round two of proration talks and negotiations because it sounds like the owners might want to push things back until like May at this point, you know, arguing, you know, we want to make sure that we have fans in the stands, give a chance for everyone to get a vaccine. But I guess, Paul, you don't buy that, right? No, I, I do not buy that. 
it's an it's again it's an opportunity to do something that they want to do to save a little bit more money to try and push it off to get as many fans as possible and if they can have 150 whatever 140 games of full fans versus 162 of you know less revenue maybe taking a loss on 20 games versus full revenue on the rest that they would love to just eliminate the loss games as any business would you know if you have a chunk of your business that's not making money and you have an opportunity to just get rid of it, then yeah, that's what you do. So that's what they're trying to do here. It's not like it's not based on anything. It, it you know, you can make a very clear case that it is based on public health or um, just allowing the country to right itself and get more people vaccinated. And yeah, you know, that's, that's fine. It's not like it's totally an illegitimate case, but you know, that's where their, their interests are aligned. And the players obviously are like, nope, we, <laughs> here's the deal. We play 162 games. We're showing up. You don't have any reason to do this other than just the fact that you want to make more money. So, so easy to just prove that they want to do it for the right reason, which is the exact proof that they're not doing it for the right reason, right? If you just say, hey, we're going to pay you the same, but we got to wait for the vaccine. Boom. It is proof you are putting money where your mouth is that you are saying like, no, we should just wait till you can get vaccinated because that way we don't have to do like a week shutdown and then have a week long of weird double headers again. Yep. But they aren't saying that. Mm -hmm. And there's a hidden thing going on here, too. And I think that this is a bigger factor than has really been discussed so far. It is spring training. Remember, Paul, you've talked about this in the past. Spring training is free money for ownership. They do not pay the players when they are doing spring training. So All true. they put those games on and they charge, you know, it used to be that you'd pay, you know, a few bucks to get in. Now you're paying like serious prices to get in. You're paying beer prices, food prices, all of that stuff that goes with that. They are raking in money hand over fist because they don't pay the players during spring training. They're not paying their salary the same way, like a, a per game payment. They're not paying the same thing. And they don't pay minor leaguers at all for being in spring training. That is something that absolutely has to change. One thing that they did have last year was they had at least a big chunk of spring training where they raked in that money early on and were able to kind of fall back on that. They're not going to have that this year because if the season is not going to start until, or sorry, if the season was going to start on time, that would mean that Spring training would be going in February. Nobody's going to be going out in large numbers to ballparks, even in Florida and Arizona, where it maybe is allowed for people to do that. They're not <laughs> going to be they're not going to be drawing big numbers, and they're probably going to have nope. to do seriously reduced prices to get anybody to show up. And so, I think that that's a big big factor here. They would love to be able to push it back and do an actual spring training, and be able to m make some of that money that they you know budget for. Yep, free money spring training is definitely a big factor there too. And if they can capture some of that, that's the, I guess one of the weirdest things is I, I think by April, I'm, I you can't make predictions about the United States with the problems they've had with the distribution end of the supply chain on Ugh. vaccines so far. Mm -hmm. But um, there'll probably be enough vaccines by April to have people if if we can actually fix that problem. Which, but to have people doing pretty normal stuff like that's four months away, and there's already a good lead start on production. Um, so. Bumping it back to May probably doesn't make a huge difference except for that, except for the fact that then you push spring training to April, which is normal, and you get the free money there. So it, it's a it's weird. To, like if it was supposed to start like February, it would be a lot stronger case, uh, obviously. Make, you know, But uh, it, it's far enough out that it's like you're making a lot of assumptions here, baseball, about what will and will not be possible. And it 
maybe it will not look so good once April rolls around and everybody's like, hey, we're all okay now. Maybe we would like to go to a baseball game. Why aren't there any? You know, that might end up blowing up on in their face a little bit. Can baseball, I know NBA was told they can't cut the line with the current vaccine that the U.S. has chosen to like distribute. But could they jump the line in the way where they like bought tests that and did their own testing at their own lab? Could they buy one of the like three other that are on the verge of getting FDA approved vaccines and kind of jump the line with their players in that regard? So short, the, the, the short answer is they can absolutely jump the line because if you have enough money, you can jump the line. And that is just right. how <laughs> life works. It's not really about vaccinating the players. Uh, they'll probably, if they want to find a way to vaccinate the players, they'll do it. Yeah. If you'll remember at the beginning of the pandemic, one of my suggestions for all the sports leagues was pump a bunch of money into vaccine research and production as just a promotional thing. Um, you know, get some distribute to your local markets and in exchange, take your 30, whatever for your players as soon as it's ready to go. They should still do that. But uh, it's at this point, it's not about the players getting vaccinated. They've shown they can play through the pandemic they don't care about player health and safety, especially the NFL. And, and so they'll do they, This is about getting fans at the stands now. They need to, yeah, they need yeah. to do that more than anything. I was never else. doubting that. It was more just a curiosity from how they handle testing to how are they going <laughs> to handle vaccination for the players. Um, but obviously, yeah, it is about who they can have in the stands. I think right now they, baseball could argue that all stadiums could do 15%, kind of like the – that was what the – world series was at right something like that yeah, yeah. i mean it's like nine thousand, i think yeah they could argue that like they could have that small number oh we yep, proved yep. that we can do it safely blah 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 but obviously if you could bump that up to even 50 percent just by a, a good portion of the community being vaccinated then you're basically to old miller park numbers <laughs> <laughs> true enough yeah i'm just not excited for another three months of this and really it's going to be an entire year right because this the other thing is this leads into the cba this leads into everything else right so again we saw this last summer any concession now even though it makes sense is going to be used against you later in the negotiation right paul absolutely 100 percent. you can't you got to dig in your heels on this quite a bit because otherwise it's going to come back to bite you well and there's another factor here too So last year, the reason that baseball was able to essentially throw out the CBA and put the players in a position of having to argue with the owners to come up with a plan was because that there was a national state of emergency declared. And that is hugely powerful in this whole thing. And it is not clear what is going to happen come January 20th as far as national states of emergency being declared. We don't know yet. And so... You can make a guess. You can a make a guess, guess, but we don't know exactly how that's going to look and what it's going to apply to and how this is all going to work. And there yep. are some there are some important legal things here that have to get worked out because technically baseball is obligated to start and play a season unless they have something like a national emergency declaration that allows yep. them out of it. And it's going to be hard to argue that given that they just played a bunch of games, you know? They can say that it's dangerous or whatnot, but they just finished a season where they made a bunch of changes to have a season happen. So it's a difficult position for the owners to make a, a to make that argument that there shouldn't be games at all. Um, well, and if, not even that when they started, they were one of two getting started. There wasn't a framework for yeah. how sports operates under this. Now every league has played in the COVID sure. pandemic. Sure, yeah, that's something to take in consideration too. 
I'm not excited about the next. Uh, no, <laughs> no, nobody is. We've, we've been clear. Uh, we don't like talking yeah. about labor any more than you guys like hearing it. So. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it is important that we cover you know, it. It's important. It is yeah. important. Yeah. It's just uh, the truth of baseball right now is that's what we're at. That's what we all have to deal with as fans. And none of us love it, but we have to analyze it and understand why it's happening and what what the impetus is behind it. Yeah. I just can't wrap my head around why baseball's popularity is dropping. It's I don't crazy. know. Yeah. <laughs> maybe we'll just put in the show notes like skip ahead a half hour if you don't want to hear the labor stuff uh, <laughs> we do have some baseball questions to talk about let's get to our first patreon questions of the day uh kind of going back to the cubs u darvis trade and zach davies coming back uh in return adam post <laughs> asks what are the odds that zach davies throws a no-hitter against the brewers this season he has to be at least a lock for a shutout right ryan yeah, I mean, this is the most obvious possible thing to to happen here. It is going to be soul crushing and awful. And yeah, I'm I'm super looking forward to that. I I am actually thinking it's a more than a fifty percent likelihood that he gets packaged in another trade with another player and isn't even on the Cubs season. Like That's when the Cubs it. trade Wilson Contreras, Zach Davies might go with him. Um, because I mean, he's on a one-year contract. He has one year left till free agency. What value is he owed to the Cubs? A trade yeah. asset. Well, they need somebody to actually pitch. <laughs> <There's> yeah, <that. laughs> they obviously don't care. I will say this: if they move off, if they if they actually get rid of Contreras, who, by the way, did a very nice job fixing his framing work last year for the first time, um, much like a lot of the Brewer catchers. Um, Davies benefits a lot from having a really good catcher back there. So the odds go way down if the Contreras isn't there to catch him or somebody like him. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Brewers lineup is going to be atrocious. So there'll be a good chance that any decent pitcher no hits them and definitely shuts them out. Um, um, and yeah, so I would say like, what, 20% I'll go on Davies. I'll, uh, he'll, especially if he gets like a Sunday special with a Yelich rest. Um, oh yeah. You know, um, th- then the odds go way, 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 way up for a no-no. I'm, I'll, I'll I'll wager that, that that we have a few um, close calls at least with that next year. It'll be bad, ugly. Uh, not looking forward to it. I'll go one step further uh, because we're definitely going to see a weekend where the Brewers get shut out for 18 straight innings. Definitely back to back. Zach Davies and Kyle Hendricks. The Brewers aren't scoring all weekend in that case. <laughs> Alec Mills, Zach Davies. Oh my God! Yeah, three hits in three days, maybe. Yep disperse them as you will yeah i'm not looking forward to that so yeah just for my own sanity i hope they trade davies to like the twins or something i don't care i just don't want to see him in a cup <laughs> uniform that'll be really bad well, in good news park and defense had a significant impact on davies line last year when you look at his actual like park factor stats he should have been more like a four era i mean like his career number yeah yeah the soft passing righty is devastating to the Brewers lineup for some reason. So yep. as the Cubs have shown uh all last season. Yeah, he was a really good match for Petco Park. I think we all kind of recognized that when the Brewers traded him there, right? Like Absolutely. he was definitely gonna put up his uh best ERA the year. Uh, and I'm know, sure that the Padres would have been happy to keep him, but you know, when you can get you freaking Darvish for Kyle Davies, you gotta do I, it, right? I will say I thought the Brewers were shut out more than they were last season in the short season. They were only oh, shut no, out yeah. They only shut out three times, although 
Um, the Cubs were two of those. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I think a lot of those were like they were shut out for six or seven innings, and you probably just got frustrated. Well, then you know, they came off get, and they had the eighth inning one run or something like that. It's yeah, a yeah. standard Brewer game where they get shut out for uh, seven innings, and, the, and then Orlando Arcia hits a solo home run, you know, in the eighth <laughs> inning to break up the shutout, and they still lose nine to one. Or Did you guys see MLB Network's top fifteen games of the year? The number fifteen game was the Brewers Twins, the Kentamida no hitter deep into the game that the Brewers uh, ended up winning in extras. God, that was another bad one. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that ended well. That was fun at the end. I, I know. It was, but it was, it like, was. Kenta friggin Maeda. Actually, he was, he was great. He was great last, last year. year. Good. I, yeah. yeah, he was good, but it was just like, and the one of those games where you march in, like, ugh, I don't know. It, there were a lot of those games, though, like Paul said, which the offense just had no hope. So, uh, Zach Davies, I think, especially knowing the weaknesses of all the Brewers hitters probably wouldn't go in in that favor. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, next Patreon question. We got a double dip from Jay Google. Uh, he kind of asked this on Twitter and some of us kind of responded already, but we'll put it on the pod. Jay's asking, what's the over under on when the Brewers sign a quote unquote significant free agent <laughs> he put the over under at January 20th, which is actually coming up in a few weeks here. So I guess, uh, Paul, you kind of took a shot at this on, on Twitter, but like, uh, first of all, significant is is non garbage in in your terms, right? That's correct. So, so for yeah. those who missed the the Twitter interaction, Ryan wanted a definition from <laughs> from Jay on this. Uh, I'm just defining it as not a non trash player. If you set the over under there, I'll take the over because I just don't think they will sign any non trash players. I think they will only sign trash players. That's my prediction. There's so much collusion going on, and I, like even so we. We can look back on last season, and Jed Jericho played pretty well. So you, if you want to argue that wasn't a trash signing in retrospect, fine. But when, when all those signings happened, they were just a big lump of trash altogether, and our hope was one or two of them would break out. So if they're part of the lump of trash that may or may not break out that you're counting on a bounce-back season for, that doesn't count. We, it's got to be somebody like decent-ish. It's got like Moustakishi um, around there, maybe a little worse than Mike Moustakish. Yeah, I'll, I'll say a little worse than Mike Moustakis is my minimum for a decent player. And I'll say that that won't happen. If it does, well, I'll, I, be, I'll be floored. When I look at the list of top MLB free agents, I think like best case scenario and what the Brewers could probably afford to do is like a, you convince D.D. Gregorius to play third base for a season. Yes. I'm done with that. I'll play him at shortstop. RC is not great, right? Well, yeah. I'll, the problem is you have the hole at third base. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well. It's, so, a, it's it's bad. Uh, I, I, I would say that would count as a non-trash signing if they did that. So I'm on board with that. But if the bet is whether it happened, the over under on it happening before January 20th. No way. I don't think Vegas is even taking that. I don't think they have it on the board. <laughs> yeah, that's the answer here is that they're not going to sign anybody of significance that we would consider significant before that date because they're still waiting for the prices on those guys to come down. Yep. If they sign one of them. If they do, it's going to be after that date. So, yeah, I'll I'll happily take the uh, the over, I guess, or the after. This isn't really over under. It's more before and after. <laughs> before <or> after. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I'll take the after. Yeah. Either of you two, since I'm obviously taking after no matter what, is there a date on which you would take the before, like March 1st or something like Feb that? Feb 10th. Feb 10th, okay. That, the February 10th seems a date. Valentine's Day. The end of the yeah. world. Bummer. <laughs> At that point, right, we're going to be coming up and hopefully we have some resolution on whether spring training is actually happening or not, right? So maybe that'll clarify it. And that kind of actually ties into another question we'll get to in a second here. But yeah, maybe that that's a good line. I just, 
I don't know. I, I'm just fascinated, too, with the definition of significant player because I know on the football podcast, Matub talks about the Andy Dalton line, Paul. Uh, you guys <laughs> mentioned that a couple – where, like, any anything above Andy Dalton's a franchise quarterback and anything below, below is, is not. Yep. That's, uh, it's, it works like, so well. It's, like, perfect. I guess so, – so is the significant free agent line, like, the Mike Moustakis line? Is that where we're going with? You can be worse than Mike Moustakis and still count okay. as significant. It's, I, mean, I was trying to come up with a better one, and I haven't yeah. done it in my head yet. So um, The Jet Jerko line, maybe? I don't know. No, Jet Jerko <laughs> is definitely in an overperformer. Yeah. Story, though. It, the problem is the, you have the recency bias, so you're, you're constantly thinking about like where the recency is. So it's really hard to find someone who, who meets that because when you think about everyone else that the team has signed in the last – since – Basically, Yelichurl arrives, and then they start signing people or acquiring people. And it's hard to find someone in there who either doesn't have an extremely positive impact on the team or is cut. <laughs> yeah, they don't really they don't play in the Andy Dalton land very much. That's the thing. They either yeah. get somebody who, like Mustakis is, I think, the best example, because while he is, I think, much better than that hypothetical line, He's sort of the worst star that they've signed. Like, you know, Grandel is legitimately a great player. Kane's a great player. Yelich is obviously off the charts, great player. Um, and Moustakis is a very good player. There's not really, they don't go averagey too much. Then after that, they kind of delve down into, you know, um, speculation and projects and things like that. Like, you could argue Thames, who, you know, played pretty well, but he was, you know, they were taking a shot on a guy coming back from overseas. And most of the other guys who've worked out lately, like like Aguiar, um, you know, they were they were just kind of counting on a guy getting hot, like they do all the time with, the, you know, their trash player brigade. So um, they don't. If they do go and sign somebody of of note, it'll probably be somebody better than average because that's kind of what they do. Um, so it's hard to come up with that line because they don't they don't play in that line. They do either much worse or much better. I think Avi was the closest, right? We're looking at a guy. That's, who has yeah, a, that's not bad. He's pretty average. Or, yeah, but like potential to do much more. Yeah. He's there to be a better player, but it, through his career, he has like a one to two war. Yeah, is, sure. Although zero was the above replacement line. Let's face it. We treat one as the deserves to be a rostered line. Sure. Yeah, Avi Garcia line is probably not bad. Um, that, yeah. That's probably right about where you want it. We'll, we'll, we'll roll with that. All Should right. be better than he is, but is not better than he is. So <laughs> He's one of half a dozen players where <laughs> the Brewers' plan for the offseason is literally just hope this guy gets better. So yep. I wonder um, if that line is somewhere at Jack Peterson this year. Ooh, I, I think that'd be a fun one. I, I'm just, yeah. after <laughs> watching that terrible offense last year, I just want fun guys. Something, <laughs> like, if you're going to be bad, at least be fun. Being the line is this free agent pool is full of a bunch of turds. Yep. It's like, a, it's like a, a very, very, very bad-tasting punch bowl. It yeah, is especially a... at the positions the Brewers need. Like, you could get uh, Mikel Franco, who had a good season with the Royals, but otherwise has been trash most of his yeah. career. And then, like, it's DJ LeMayhew and Justin Turner. And like I said, if you could convince D.D. Gregorius to play third base. But generally speaking... Free agent shortstops don't like to move the third base because next season it will decrease their value. Right. And if they're signing on a one year pillow contract, they're not going to. Yeah, not going to want to do that. Also, he just signed a one year contract. So I think he's going to wait as long as possible and hopes to get that fixed. Yeah. 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 
All right. So kind of staying on the topic of the free agent market, we got a Twitter question from Michael Hank. So there's a lot of issues at play right now on maybe why the free agent market is not moving at all. He's he's asking us basically uh, which questions resolution here will lead to the most free agent or market movement overall. Is it a determining the start date or the length of the 2021 season, as we kind of talked about? Is it B an official declaration on if there's a DH or no DH in the NL or C the structure of the 2021 playoffs, basically, you know, how many teams are going to be in next year. So I guess, Brad, which of those three, I guess, would spur the most action in your mind? A, I think is the easy answer here because it determines when you need people on your damn roster right (laughs) now. Like they don't really know when they need people to show up to work. Sure. Once they figure out when they need people to show up to work, especially if it's going to be soon, then boom, you got to start getting uh, players on your roster or else you're going to be at spring training with a bunch of people who aren't going to be playing for your team. So generally spring training has been the like, Oh, we got to get moving on this. And even if it's a guy sign a bunch of minor league free agent contracts with the opportunity to opt out at the end of that period, which happens a lot for fringe guys. And then you have that like second wave of free agent signings. And then you might have two or three who are like, I'm too good to sign for anything below what I want. And then they sign in June and then they're bad because they signed in June. So I would say that, yeah, a is definitely the, the leader here, but I think that C the structure of the playoffs is actually going to be a bigger factor than maybe we think. It's definitely a bigger factor than the DH or no DH thing because that affects only half the teams and it really is sort of a, a small segment. And like the Brewers are already sort of hedging on that thing by by giving Dan Vogelbach the deal they did. They've already mm-hmm. basically set themselves up. If they have a DH, they have a guy who's credible to play that position. So I think they've they've already sort of done that. The structure of the playoffs is big because it really will if if it's a a 16 team playoff situation again there is absolutely no incentive for teams like the right. Cubs, Brewers, Cardinals to spend a dime. Totally. I saw that last year too, so yeah. Yeah. Back to back tenant song. Woo! <laughs> Wild yeah. card 2. Wild card 2. <laughs> I guess Paul your answer here. Yeah. Um so since the question is the most FA market movement, I do think it is a, because that will just trigger all of everybody to have to make deals, to get people in camp. But I think Ryan's right in terms of what kind of deal you're getting um, that, that number three is huge. And it is basically gift wrapped salary repression for owners if they have a giant playoff again. So, um, but uh, it's not it's not the DH. It, it impacts Dan Vogelbach, who already is signed, so not at all. Yeah, so it's one, but three has a huge impact as well. We should say on the DH thing, too, you know, it's kind of been out there for a couple of weeks that there's at least kind of like an unspoken agreement or understanding, basically, among the NL teams to just kind of plan their rosters as if it won't happen. Yep. I don't see that as being a huge factor. I get curious that that's part of the negotiation strategy for the team. Like, well, if we hold on to the DH... Right. When we hold on to expanded playoffs, which have bonus pay, that's leverage we have for the 140-game season. Right. If you're being super cynical, right, there's there's reasons why these questions are still out there. It's If you think that these independent business baseball teams may be talking with each other and saying, hey, guys, plan to not have a DH and then all go out and sign cheap DHs, don't be surprised maybe if they flip 
at the last minute and say, oh, actually, there will be DHs now that you've all signed your DHs for less money than they would have gotten if you knew about the DH in the first mm-hmm. place. How dare you? How, how baseball dare team, you? You're right. A baseball team would never do something like that. No. My, no. One of my favorite stories about collusion that I think always needs to be told to like illustrate how real it is to the people who maybe don't buy into it is Francisco Liriano talks about how he got no calls after a salad season with Pittsburgh Pirates wasn't doing anything and then he's like out on the golf course in february a week before pitchers and catchers report and all of a sudden his phone gets blown up from five teams with the same offer yep. yeah that'll happen i guess mike has a second question here too we should get to it to kind of maybe already mentioned but he's asking will virtually every deal below the top two or three guys on the market be for one year <laughs> because <laughs> there's so much inaction players appreciate getting even if it's slightly below value guaranteed money so it's very hard as a player whose career can be impacted by just age and a sudden decline which we've seen happen injury or just all of a sudden next season your playing style not being valued in the mlb as a whole which those trends shift very rapidly in the current age of analytics it's hard not to justify signing a multi-year deal even if it's slightly structured under what you want. Teams probably want one-year deals, but if they can get what they perceive as value on a multi-year deal, they're happy to do it. So I don't think just because things are broken right now, that means that a lot of players are going to end up signing one-year deals because it's very uncomfortable for everyone to sign that deal. Well, we've already seen a bunch of guys sign multi-year deals who are not right. premier free agents. You look at the, the starter in Atlanta. There's been a few, um, yeah. you know, There's Charlie Martin signed for a couple of years, years. Right? Uh, yeah. smiley. Yeah. Yeah. Random cub guy too. Uh, the bad, <laughs> bad on the player names, random people whose names we can't remember because they're so unremarkable that they're not that good. Uh, All right. Well, that's what's so astounding about November is a bunch of guys signed multi-year deals who you're like him right away. Yeah. It was 100% the am mean from arrested development. Just happening. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. love that but yeah generally guys are gonna like the players are gonna want a multi-year deal even at the expense of maybe taking some aav away right like yeah I david know, Bode. it was david Bodie signed a, oh, a, yes. a weird long-term bull, yeah. not bull market contract but you know for a guy who's just not a guy kind of yeah. thing for yeah. just a guy yeah yeah i know like when um the qualifying offers were going out too there was some talk of kevin gossman declining the uh giants offer of $18.9 million is the qualifying offer. And it's like, you're Kevin freaking Gossman. Just take the money. What are you doing? But it was like a situation where he may have wanted to take less if it meant two or three years. Ultimately, he signed the qualifying offer or whatever. But, yeah. you know, that's kind of an example of that same line of thinking, right? Like if you can at least have a job guaranteed for a couple of years, you're going to probably take that. So mm-hmm. one last question comes from Jay Google. Kind of deals with a piece of news that came out a few weeks ago now. Uh, basically, the Brewers are teaming up with the Packers, Bucks, and Microsoft to kind of create like this, uh, I guess, venture capital initiative is the best way to describe it, where they're going to support uh, minority-owned businesses in in Milwaukee, in, in the Milwaukee area. So Jay's just asking, I guess, what are your thoughts on the Brewers, on that initiative and the Brewers teaming up? I guess we'll start with Paul. Okay, so... Uh, let's start with first of all you should always be skeptical of most sports leagues charity or charity work now i do 
I do way too much NFL and the NFL charities are mostly trash. Oh. Um, however, I will say this for this. It seems, it seems well thought out and well targeted. Like it, it, it identifies an actual problem. Um, it has good sponsors and it looks like they actually have some mechanisms to actually do some good and get some money out there. So I don't know. It seems fine. It, it, when teams do this, they do it for marketing reasons. They always do charity work to look good and for PR purposes. However, you usually don't see this level of thought. You know, it's usually the NFL wearing you know pink cleats and things like that, and not actually donating any money to the cause. That is actually it's just to raise awareness. That's always a good a good uh, indicator that your charity is a scam if it's just to raise awareness. This looks like it actually has some tangible impact. So um, I, I like that um, it, it actually looks like some thoughts. And some work went into um, putting this together. It looks like it has, you know, a nice mission statement and some ways to get money into the community. So fine with it. Um, you know, without being able to see the books of a charity, you never actually know what's going on with it. But uh, it looks better than your average, um, you know, sports-related charity for sure. So, well, after the year we just had, it was important for these organizations that are trying to navigate through a, a tricky political time. Yeah. It's important for them to put their money where their mouth is. And this does seem to be that. It's actually doing good in their communities. And yeah. that's that's really very important. So, yeah, kudos to them for that. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's important to remember that the Bucks and Brewers were both leaders in their leagues when it came to protests in the name of justice. That they were, especially the Bucks. Yeah, well, the Bucks were the leader in sports. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Brewers were the leader in baseball. Teamed up with the Reds. One player didn't want to do it. <laughs> yeah, of course. I think, sucks. Yeah, so. yeah. It, it's an admirable cause, and you know, representation matters. So it, it's always good when they can support minority-owned businesses and, and get more of those out there and give them a helping hand, especially in the last year too with the pandemic too, where it's just been hard for businesses. Period. Right. Yep. Um, so anytime that you can you can help your community grow, or even just kind of, you know, stay stay open, and any bit helps. So definitely kudos to the Brewers and the Packers and Bucks to yep. put their heads together and put together meaningful change, as Paul said. So, uh, yeah, definitely definitely a good cause there. Moving on, we uh, wanted to just kind of wrap up this week with uh, playing a little game that we played a couple weeks ago. Uh, I beat Brad. I won't like dwell on that fact, but uh, we had a lot of fun with Luke's game thing. So uh, Paul's here with us this time, so we'll get him in on the fun too. I guess Ryan, do you want to give like a quick recap mm -hmm. to Paul and everybody else on what, what the rules of the game are? All right, so I'm going to name a player, and I'm going to tell you how many teams they played for. You're going to bid, and it's going to be a little bit different with three people. But we'll. I was thinking about this as we were talking, so I have a plan. Uh, and you're going to bid on how many of those players that you can name. And then if you are correct uh, and you, you are fully able to, you get the point. If you are not able to, the other two are going to be given a chance to steal, but they'll bid on what's remaining. So how many of the remaining teams that you didn't name? So you're going to need to take it slowly one by one so I can mark them off. I, I have them written down here. So I, I did a little more preparation this time for this. So, all right. Uh, we're going to start since Paul hasn't played the game before. We're going to start with Paul. You are, you are going to have, well, this is just for bidding for how many teams you can name. We're going okay. to start with Ray Durham, Ray Durham. Ooh. Oh, and Ooh. one more, one more thing here. Players in this may have a brewer connection or they may not. 
Uh-oh. <laughs> so last time we we were strict Brewers connection, but this time we're we're throwing yeah. wild cards in. Okay. Yeah. When we okay. played with JP, we we mixed it up like this too. So, okay. So uh, Ray Durham is four so teams. If they're on, if they were on the Brewers, do the Brewers count as a team? Yes. All right. Then I think I can do three. You can go three. Brad, can you go four? Yes. You can go four. Okay. Yeah, I think I can do all four. Okay. So, all right. Well, then that's that's the the thing. Yeah. So, Brad, you uh, get to name your four and do it nice and slow. You're asking me for so much. The Milwaukee Brewers. That would be correct. To replace Ricky Weeks. Oh, oh. San Francisco. He walked over from the dugout. There you go. Yeah. I'm pretty confident he played for the other team in the Bay, the Oakland Athletics. That would be correct. Ooh, okay. I know the last one, but I can't. I, know, I also know the last one. I also know the last one, but I'm looking at it. Was it Chicago, the White Sox? It was the White Sox, indeed. That was where he spent Ooh, a, the bulk of the his career. Forever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the bulk of his like career. Right before I started watching, but I remember I got obsessed with Ray Durham when the Brewers traded for him. So that's the only reason. That'll be the only one that I can name more than two for. That's Brad's one point. All right. <laughs> so we will go to... James here for the first bid on the next one. This is also four teams, and okay. that is Nomar Garcia Parra. Oh, no. Oh, come on. Four teams. Oh, shoot. It's the fourth one that I'm right. So are, Damn you, it. are you going three, James? I'm going three. James is going to go three. Uh, I guess that takes us back to Paul. I can do all four on Nomar. I don't know Mars teams. You're going to do all four on Nomar. Paul, go ahead and name your four. Uh, The Red Sox, obviously. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Cubs, for whom I saw him play quite a few times. The Los Angeles Dodgers. That is correct. And then I believe he retired as an athletic. He did. I thought it was the Giants. Everybody ends their career in the Bay. Yep. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I I How many was... games did he play for the A's? I don't even remember that. <laughs> I think I it was know, a like, couple seasons, half. actually. Really? Yeah. Oh, he I was... thought it was like half a season once you were barely active. Part. Okay. All right. The DH, it extends careers. <laughs> <laughs> Especially when you can't run. No, it was just the one season he played 65 games. 169 plate appearances, which is funny because this right. is the 169th episode of the show. Ah, uh, there we go. Full circle. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, that's going to put James as getting the first bid on our next player, who is five teams, five teams, and we're kind of sticking in a theme here for the time being, (laughs) Miguel Tejada, Miguel Tejada. (laughs) Okay. Five teams. Give me a second. Shoot. I know, I need to write. I thought I knew more than I, I thought I knew more than I did Miguel Tejada play for five teams? He yeah. did indeed. He yeah, kind of bounced around at the end there. Mm-hmm. You know, post Mitchell report. So, <laughs> did that have an effect? I think that might have had an effect. Maybe I can maybe do three. Okay, three. Uh, that's going to take it back to Brad. Brad, can you go four? I I can do the three confidently. Do you want to try for that fourth? I guess I'll go four. 
Okay, Brad guesses he will go four. <laughs> all, all five? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I, I cannot go four. Okay, okay, Broad, it's your turn. Okay, Baltimore, obviously. Yep. Then he went to Houston. Ah, I forgot about that. That is correct. Yeah. Okay. Can um, I can I interrupt Bradley really quick and give him some time to think? <laughs> sure. Since, since I since I didn't know this at all, I I pulled him up just now. And Ryan, he played for six teams. Oh, did I miss? I will double check. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yep. So, Brad, you got six teams that you can choose from. I remember the end because it's really stupid. It's the other ones that I don't remember. He signed like a stupid minor league deal and played like half a season with the Royals. Oh, look at that. Okay. Yep. That is correct. That was not the random team I was going to guess, but okay. Um, okay. So I, I have also spaced on the Astros. Right. I can't believe I. You have two more, right? If I missed it because it was below no, the I line ball. Four. I only bid four. Okay. It's somewhere in California. Mm-hmm. Oakland? Yeah, he was in the Moneyball team. That I yeah, can't yeah, believe. He was, yeah, on he, he was on the Moneyball yeah. team. He, he was, was like the best player on the Moneyball team. Yeah. He, oh, yeah. Yes. That was before he signed the huge deal with the, the yeah. Orioles. Yeah, you, when you started with the Orioles, I'm like, God, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I know him as being an Oriole, and then I remember he went to Houston. Um, but then I thought after Houston went to Oakland. <laughs> Okay. So yes. Uh yeah. Other random team, the, the Rockies. No, it was two uh it was two other uh, California teams. He was with the Padres and was with the Giants. Oh Padres. So Giants. basically if I guessed anyone but the Angels there, I was fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean he, he played a lot in California. Uh the Kansas City thing I, Paul I missed because it's below that line. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's how I, I how I ended Kansas up missing City that. So. It was like such a it was like one of those things where it's like in the her the Brewers like finished being competitive and I think they were in like talks that they could acquire Miguel Tejada for a while. And then like he went to goes and signs like a deal at like 42. <laughs> like, I mean, it could have made sense for him to come over to the Brewers in 2011, but I don't think the giants wanted to trade him because they were, you know, they just won the world series the year before. Oh, and that was the, yeah. every other season magic. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. Nope. Nope. By the way, my favorite Miguel Tejada stat is that he led the league in grounding into double plays five times, wow. which is which is amazing. That um, is insane. Wow. That's like yeah, he's just an early in. adapter of the the fly ball revolution. If it was on the ground, he just wasn't running. So there you go. <laughs> I'm looking. He was an MVP. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oakland with Oakland. Yeah. Yes. Was that the Moneyball team he was the MVP for? I think he might have been, yeah. That was uh, 2002. Yeah, that's the Moneyball team. Yep. Okay, uh, moving Again. on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We are still in uh, this theme that I was running before, so maybe you can guess it, the player that I'm going to go with here. But uh, Edgar Renteria. Oh, oh my God. God. There's Edgar like Renteria. a dozen of these. Uh, uh, oh Edgar Renteria, well, not quite. He has seven teams. Edgar Renteria has seven teams. And the first option here, James, because you have no points, you're going to have first option here. Okay. You, you will have no competition from Paul on this, so don't uh, worry about that. Uh, give me a second. I'm thinking. I need to start writing team names down. <laughs> I think I can. Um, I think I can do four. Okay. Four for Edgar Renteria. 
I think that's where I would be as well on this one. Yeah, I can only get to three. And I Paul, can only do one. I can only do one, so I'm, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> All right, you're gonna have to tell us what your one is in a moment after James names <laughs> it. But uh, yeah, go ahead, uh, James. Uh, start with the Florida Marlins. That is correct. That's Series where he Hero. started. He was 19 when yep. he came up. I was kind of surprised. Yeah. Drove in Craig Council for the World Series winning that run. That he did. Um, he runs at midnight. <laughs> this is the one I'm. I'm pretty sure Paul got at the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Confirming that is the one that I knew. Yep. <laughs> he was on some great Cardinals teams that those early yeah. 2000s. Him and yeah. Roland and Edmonds and Pujols, like they were some killer, yep. killer teams. That 2004 I one. To, I don't need to remember good Cardinals teams. No. Put me in. A uh, I feel like Edgar, Edgar's one with the random Giants connection. He he is, yeah. Yep. <laughs> Edgar has a random Giants connection. I want to say Atlanta as my fourth team. Atlanta is correct. So cool. James is All on right. the board here. You should have gone five, and the fifth one is Oakland. <laughs> fifth is he did play for the A's, didn't he? So you missed here. You missed. Uh... I pulled him up, and he did not play for the A's. <laughs> oh, okay. I just oh, assumed he did. No. I assumed that that was the theme. So nope. Yeah. No, no, no. The theme was the young shortstops uh, from that uh, magazine cover, oh. or that the poster. Oh yeah. Brancheria okay. was there. Tejada was there. Garcia Parra was there. Then Jeter and Arod, who obviously we're not going to do those. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, Renteria was also he was on that Boston team. In, oh, that's right. Yeah, he played in Boston. He was on the L4 Reds. Uh, was he Reds, too? He was Reds at the end of his career. He was Reds, too. He was yeah. Reds at the very end of his career. He also played in Detroit briefly. So. Oh, he played wow. with... Uh, was Griffey on his Reds team? Yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Or at least he was... Yeah, he was on the Griffey and Don Reds. I remember that now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, no, I it up. no, that wasn't the Griffey years. No? That, that was, was after? the Otto Phillips rolling heyday. Oh, Okay. He was the the uh, veteran on that squad. Okay. All right. <laughs> Last one here. And like I said, this is 11 teams. And I was shocked. I was absolutely <laughs> shocked. And we're going to go Paul first because I, oh, uh, I think he's going to. Uh, <laughs> well, I, <laughs> this is a really wild one. So Kenny Lofton. Kenny Lofton. Oh, boy. Oh, I thought oh, we God. did this last week. Maybe not. No, we well, have not Lofton. done Kenny Lofton. At least okay. do one. Uh, let me just think for a second. Lofton. I can only do one, I think. Oh, uh, he played for 11 teams? He played for 11 teams. So most of it was early on, and then at the end, he was like going two teams a year, like every year. I can I can <laughs> I do three Kenny Lofton teams. That's all. You can do three. I can do three. All right, James, since you are behind Brad right now, I'm going to give you the option to go next. Four? James is going to go four. Brad, can you go five? I mean, for... Shits and giggles, yeah, I'll go five. <laughs> you might as well. Uh, I could have guessed five, but go for it. Paul, yeah. you're you're dropping out here, Paul. You're not uh, going to go not, six. I can't. I cannot go. I could guess and go you know, six for funsies. All right. So, uh, uh, what what's the penalty? Uh, so so f- screw it. He played for eleven teams. I'll go six and just guess three teams. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> Paul's going six. Uh, James, you're going to go seven. Uh, Remember, might be too rich for me. All right. Well. I mean, you have a third of the league. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, screw it. Just for fun, I'll I'll do seven. This isn't fun if if I'm conservative. Oh so no, yeah. I, I wouldn't go over five. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul, you want to do eight, or are we letting Brad name his seven? No, uh, no, I wouldn't do five. Seven. I oh, said I'm done. Yeah, seven. Yeah. Oh yeah, Paul. So Paul, you're it is seven. Okay. 
Paul, you're on uh, seven. No, I'm a, I have to go eight if I'm going over, and I don't want to, but okay, I'll do eight. Screw it. <laughs> go for it. Paul is this going to do eight right. Kenny Lofton teams. Yeah. So that's five guesses plus three that I know. So Okay, what are the three you know, first of all? The three I know is Houston, because that's where he started. Wow, that is good memory. I had no memory wow. of that whatsoever. Then, yeah. obviously, Cleveland, where he played for the entire crew that we know about. And uh, <laughs> um, I, I know that he had a cup of coffee in Pittsburgh, because I remember seeing him out yep. in the outfield. Mm-hmm. And after that, I am done. So um, let's see. What was the first... Houston. Uh, yeah. I'm Houston. too young to remember him. I'm Houston. Yeah. So now I'm just guessing. So I shouldn't even think hard about this. So let's say the Cubs because everybody played for the Cubs. The Cubs is correct. He did play he for did the play Cubs. For the All Cubs, right. Yeah. And let, let's say the Dodgers. The Dodgers is correct. Uh, all right. Uh, As a second to last uh, stop. So okay. you can three more. <laughs> uh, Oakland because it's a theme kind of. Oakland yeah. is wrong ah. bum, 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 bum. Oakland is wrong so Paul loses right. Paul loses a point there <laughs> Atlanta whoa we got a bid buddy we got a bid for the final point yeah hey, you got a bid buddy. you got a bid for the final point <laughs> so uh yeah I can name two final ones you can name two Brad how many can you name two <laughs> I'll go three Brad's okay. gonna go three James, you get to go four? No, I don't think I can get four. Okay. There are remaining six. So, okay. All right, right, Brad, you got to go three. James's guest and go Atlanta. Atlanta was correct. I can't believe you didn't remember, Paul. He was traded to Atlanta in the Marquise Grissom trade. In that's where it came up the last time when we, yeah. Yeah, that was a a big one. Like, when he got traded to Atlanta, that was a big deal, and it did not work out well for him there. And he immediately went back to Cleveland. Wasn't he on the Phillies playoff teams? He hmm. was in Philly. Huh. He was in Philly. I don't Philly. remember that one. I don't remember that at all. And you got one more. You got four teams. Um, We said Dodgers already, right? Dodgers are yeah. out, yes. Yep. And the Cubs are out. Cubs are Cubs out. Cubs are out. I mean, there's like no way he didn't play for one of the two other giants in Boston and New York, right? So it's like, which one do I guess? I don't know. Which one do you guess? Yankees? Yeah. Yankees is correct. Ooh. Brad wins in what is going to be his final game of uh, Luke's game. So yeah. Can it, Brad, so Brad wins. For he gets his win. real quick. Yeah, the other ones for Kenny Lofton. Uh, you, giants? Giants is correct. Yep. Yeah. Was he one of those with a random Montreal stint too? No, that was going to be okay. Nope. Yeah, the teams that are, but I was afraid. The teams that are missing here are the Chicago White Sox and the Texas Rangers. What? I have zero memory of either of those things happening. I vaguely remember the White Sox. I I can kind of vision him in the the uniform. Two thousand five. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, this is fun, even though we're all terrible at it. So, yeah, I guess we already mentioned we were going to do this as we wrap up here. Brad, this is going to be your last podcast. Yeah, uh, I've accept if you've read the Brew Crew Ball blog, I've accepted a job that's going to make it almost impossible, even if I wanted to, to continue doing baseball coverage on the regular. 
like the hours are going to be pretty hectic, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope to be able to announce more of it in the near future. But for now, basically, it's a job that in no way will allow me to do this. So as much as I want to, I've always had fun with this. I appreciate everyone who's listened to the pod and supported the minor league extra. I think Ryan and I, uh, that's a point of pride for me in a season with no minor league baseball. The two of us teamed up to have some awesome guests who the guests yeah. were made it good, but just the work Ryan and I put in to get those guests. I think we ended up having a really good non minor league season for a minor league focused podcast, but yeah, it's, it's coming to an end. However, you three are the smart ones anyways. I'm just the comedic relief. So you'll still get the good baseball analysis. You just won't have the, uh, hmm, there seems to be a word for being loud. Uh, the raucous guy. <laughs> it's a little less raucous. <laughs> yeah. And I am working on figuring out how to proceed uh, going forward. We may, depending on whether or not I, I can find a suitable full-time replacement, we may go with some interviews in the interim. I, I don't know. It's going to be a little while before the next minor league extra comes out anyway, but I'll keep you up to date as to what's going on with that. I do have some ideas and some, some irons in the fire thinking yeah. about it. So. Yeah. Well, Brad, we're going to miss you. We're going to miss the, uh, the prospect expertise and, and Brad's conspiracy corner. Uh, uh, R.A.P. Brown conspiracy corner. Yeah, I'll I'll Shame. leave the tinfoil hat on the counter. Yeah, we'll we'll take turns picking it up when we can. I but. think the biggest bummer is that I only got to do one in person pod with another or with well only Ryan yeah. because of where oh, yeah. the pandemic kind of screwed those plans up. Yeah, sure did. Sure did. Been, like everybody else doing this through Zoom, Google Hangouts, or whatever the heck Google called their stupid thing now. Google right. Meet. That's Google. dumb. I hate I hate change. Anyway, <laughs> bring back Google Wave. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Google Plus. That was a thing for a while. Anyway. Uh, but yeah, Brad, it's been a really fun year. Glad to have gotten to know you better during this too, and uh, had a lot of fun doing all these. So best of luck. I know you're super excited about this job. We're all super excited for you. Yes, indeed. Uh, so uh, I guess stay tuned to see where Brad's going. Uh, in the meantime, let's wrap up business here. We do have a new patron to shout out this week, don't we, Ryan? Yes. Philip Schumacher, welcome to the fold. There you go. Welcome aboard, Philip. Thank you much. When you do sign up to become a patron, you get those minor league extras that Ryan was talking about. The reporting is eligible mini pods with Paul, uh, as well as question priority here. So uh, remember to sign up for five bucks a month for that level of access and if you have something else you want us to talk about we do put out a call for questions every week uh on our twitter account that's at mke tailgate give that a follow just reply to that tweet with your question or you can follow each of us and send in the questions that way too ryan is at rd top paul is at badger noon and i'm at james l uh brad you could just unfollow him because he's leaving we don't yeah. we don't need <laughs> to work uh, leak me from your brain leave yeah will smith walks out with the uh, men in black just, mind eraser <laughs> Just straight block at Brew Crew Blue uh, <laughs> while you're there. <laughs> All right. Uh, also, if you haven't already, please do subscribe to the podcast. You can do that on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, Pocket Cast, anywhere else you do listen to your podcasts. And while you're there, please do leave a review for us. In the meantime, thank you all for listening to this week's episode. Brad, thanks for the last year. Best of luck again. Stay well. And we will see all of you next week on Milwaukee's Tailgate.
I don't I think that's Ryan. true. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'd cut Ryan. I'm just such a co-host. Sorry. I was so into the conversation. Guys, just fire me. Fire me now. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, Brad, you're fired. Okay. <laughs> I, get, I guess. Uh, so continuing to cut off Ryan. Suck it. 